Welcome to the shit show. Hello, my squirrel friends. So today, I do not have a lot of energy. Um, I'm tired. I'm still fighting that double ear infection that I've been posting about. Um, so, but I did want to do the podcast today. Um, it was like the one thing I geared myself up for for today. Um, today I have Kate back with me. Say hi, Kate. Hi. <laughs> Um, So today we're going to be talking about some unsolved murders in the 60s. I think this could be like the start of like a little, we could do it by decade, I guess. That'd be fun. Since we're starting in the 60s. Um, Because I mean, everything started in the 60s. Let's be real. Well, yes. (laughs) I mean, like there's some like fashion trends of like, like the 20s. I wouldn't mind having back. Right. I could have those back. That'd be cool. But, like, I'm totally okay with having central air and toilets. Yes. I, I dig mm-hmm. it. I'm all right with that. I, w- I think I would die without central air. Like, if I was a pilgrim, I would not have made it. Well, especially because they wore those, like, nasty, like, ridiculously hot garments. Like, I don't know if you did this, but my school, probably because we have a place called Wildlife Prairie Park out here, I love it to death. But we used to do a whole like month about the pioneers in school, like every year, mm-hmm. because you know we got to go over the same thing over and over. Right. And they would take us out to Wildlife Prairie Park, and we'd have to dress like like the pioneers, and like so you're in those hot wool clothes. They take us like in like the beginning of school, so like August. <laughs> so like so the hottest part of the year. Hot. Yeah. <laughs> it's stupid hot we're doing everything like they had to do learning all of that kind of stuff which like it was a cool experience don't get me wrong but like no i i am not i'm not made for hot weather me neither like when i was so i went on my little vacation last week for my family reunion and while i was up there (laughs) i laughed a lot because people were like oh it's so hot it was like 80 yeah and I'm like, this feels amazing. And then I got down to like 66 at night. Oh, and I can do that. It felt so good. And I'm like, yeah, this this is why I need to move back up here because like, <clears throat> this is my summer weather. Like, it not getting above like 82. <laughs> like, See, I would be very happy with that. <laughs> like, because we got home and it was like 86. I'm like, this is some bullshit. <laughs> right? You're like, no, 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 no. No, no, <laughs> I, I, I'm not. And then like, I still like think about when we lived in Texas for a few years, I'm like, how did I survive? Because I, I can't hot. <laughs> I feel just... it though. I, I don't do hot. Like, mm-mm. no, thank you. So of course the first person that or first person, I guess it's a person that, that I wanted to talk about for this is the Zodiac killer. Because he started in the late 60s and early 70s. Mm-hmm. We'll just pretend we didn't hear the early 70s part. And No, I didn't hear anything. What are you talking about? <laughs> he claimed to have murdered like 37 people. And like for me, I think the reason why he got away with the five known victims is because of the fact that they were not in the same place. Probably. Like, because they didn't have, I mean, they still don't have it here, really. But, like, back then, you know, different police precincts, it wasn't, like, protocol. 
to have some guy call and be like, hey, do you have any murders like this out there? Right. And like, unless it was like a big thing that was super publicized, nobody would know about it. Right. And so like, sorry, the Zodiac, he targeted couples and only two men out of the couples, out of all the couples he attacked survived. Um, And he also murdered a male cab driver, which I think he did because he was trying to throw like a chink in the chain. Yeah. Because, like, he's like, okay, now they have me down pat as, as this person who attacks couples. So now they're telling couples to stay, you know, indoors or whatever. So now I'm just going to randomly murder a cab driver. <laughs> like, but I just want to know, like, with how much he taunted the San Francisco Bay Area papers, how he didn't get caught. Like, that's my thing. How did you, how, he sent y'all letters all the time. <laughs> like, I guess I just don't get how, like, that didn't help. I think that they're, um, I don't think, I don't know, like, even now DNA evidence seems to be really, like, jank, you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, for whatever reason, we can't get a... A, like a, a a handle on that either so it's kind of like well maybe if we could figure out how to do that but it doesn't seem like we're really good at that well and the problem is is like we have like so much <clears throat> technology to our advantage now and they like still we- have kids from years ago that they haven't entered into CODIS right or and they have like um Marishka Hargate. Yes, um, I love her. I do too. So she has done all this big stuff about like rape kits in New York City and how there are thousands upon thousands of rape kits just sitting on the shelves not being entered into CODIS. And I'm like, I wonder how many people would get cleared or captured if they would just start putting those backlog DNA samples into CODIS. But that has to me- that means we'd have to admit there's a problem. That's true. Which of course as Americans, that's something we don't do. So <laughs> we didn't do nothing. We don't we don't have any problems here. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh man, I feel like that could be a podcast by or a podcast episode by itself. My God, I know, right? <laughs> so tell me one that you found from the 60s. So um one of the I guess you could say shorter ones that I was looking into was actually the it's um believed to be the last related killing by um one of the big crime rings in chicago called the chicago outfit Mm -hmm. they don't have any technical official identification or anything but it was of chicago alderman ben lewis um he was actually found dead in his office in the early mornings on february 28th of 1963 he was chained to a chair burned with a cigarette, and then shot in the back of the head three times, two days after winning an election, like a re-election that everybody was like super lopsided. Mm-hmm. So everybody thinks that like it was because of the this like Chicago outfit because their person didn't win and the dude won by like a huge landslide. Or he was the one that they wanted to win, but he owed them something and then wasn't going to go through with it. 
That's interesting. Right. And I'm like, yeah, sounds like Chicago. That right. That checks out. <laughs> that checks out. That, oh that's my even gosh. I'm like, no, that that checks out. That that's why I live two hours south of Chicago. Because no thank you. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. I wouldn't want to live there either. <laughs> oh my gosh. The area is crazy. And that makes me think of one that I found. It was um so O'Neill Moore was the first African-American deputy sheriff for the yes. Washington Parish Sheriff's Office in Fernando, Louisiana. Yes, I saw that one. Yeah, and he was murdered on June 2nd, 1965, and they think it was done by members of the Ku Klux Klan uh, in a drive-by shooting. Yeah. One year and one day after he was appointed the deputy sheriff. Um. You know, he was army vet, married, had four daughters, and they never solved it. And like, this wasn't that long ago. <laughs> you it know what not. I mean? Like, and like, so like, for this but guy I mean, to be surprised. like legit murdered for being a BIPOC deputy sheriff. <laughs> yeah. And the first one, I think that's why. Right. Because he was the first one. And that just, that's just so sad. I feel like we can't let them think that this is normal. Right. But no, 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 no. We have nothing wrong. Yeah, exactly. So do you have another one? I do. Um, I guess the real question is, do you want to hear one that's a little more in depth? Or do you want to hear one that's just kind of interesting? I'm fine with either because, like, honestly... (laughs) ones i picked they're all like rapid fire like they're very short like okay okay blurbs so all right way all right so i'll give you another just interesting one so you know how everybody used to say kennedy and marilyn monroe were like a whole big thing yeah which i mean she was gorgeous i could see it i would get it but there was apparently another socialite from washington dc um named mary I'm gonna. I'm guessing it's Pinchot because we don't pronounce things correctly here. But <laughs> Meyer. So she was a socialite from Washington D.C. who was married to a CIA director of operations, Cord Meyer, believed to be the mistress of President John F. Kennedy. Oh, okay. Right. I'm like, okay. I mean, don't get me wrong. Wasn't he like the youngest, like most attractive president or something? They say, like, you know, I mean, he was a looker for sure. He was like, I get it, you know, but, you know, nobody cares that he did that. But then we have the whole Bill Clinton thing, which is just really funny. Right. But, you know, (laughs) whatever. But on October 12th, 1964, she was shot in the head, once in the head and once in the chest by an assailant while she was walking along along the towpath of the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal. The witness, a witness identified the assailant, bleh, assailant, I don't know, I can't say that word today, as Raymond Crump Jr., but there was no evidence, so he was tried, acquitted, and released. So they can't prove that it was him, but they also, so basically it's still unsolved. Hmm. But apparently he may have had more than one mistress, which I was like, I you do you. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like, you do here's the thing that gets me about that is Jackie Kennedy was really pretty. Right. It's not like she was unattractive. It's not like Bill Clinton's wife, Hillary, where you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, I, I, I see you. 
Well, you know what? Like, it's interesting that you said that they had a suspect, but they couldn't prove anything. Because, like, mm-hmm. I have a couple that are like that. Yeah. And I'm like, I wonder, like, what stopped it? Like, I guess I'd have to, like, really dig into some of these. And I I wasn't about that life today. I'm not even going to try and lie about it. Um, I get you. Because, <laughs> like, there was one that really got me. First of all, I had to look up the case several times because I had to make sure that it was the right spelling of the name of the family. That's because, fair. That's happened to me a couple times. Because it's called the Robeson family. Mm-hmm. And I was, like, convinced it was supposed to be Robinson. <laughs> so, like, I... Well, because it's spelled the same. It's R-O-B-I-S-O-N. And I'm like, all right, did they just spell it wrong? It's supposed to be Robinson, not Rob... But no. So this family, the Robeson family, there were six of them. They were found shot dead in the head in their Good Heart Michigan vacation cabin on the second the 22nd of july in 1968 oh i've heard about this one i think and didn't they like not find them for like a couple months or something well they said that there was like a lengthy police but yes they it was three days it took them uh no i'm sorry it took them almost a month to find them so that was the start of it like it, it the investigators said that the killings took place on june 25th and they found them on yeah. July 22nd. And it like took forever because of course you know the heat, dear God. Right. I can only imagine how that cabin smelled. Cause, you know, they had window units. And but it's a cabin, so who knows if they even had a cat, you know, window units. Right. Um, so the the investigation led to this guy, Joseph Scalero, who was an employee of Richard Robeson, the dad, um, and they think that he was embezzling from him. Um, so like there was a lot of circumstantial evidence, but no like hard evidence. So I I remember hearing about this case. I think it was, um, a YouTuber. She does a lot of these, like she calls them vintage, um, cold cases. Her name is Gabulosis. You should totally listen to her. She's great for true crime. I definitely will. Um, but she did something. I think it was, I think it was her. I listened to like five true crime YouTubers. So. See, I, I don't listen totally to YouTube. Wrong. I can't. I don't feel like paying for one that doesn't have uh, ads in it. That's fair. So, <laughs> yeah, I just put the I just put them on and I go to sleep listening to true crime. You know. Well, that's what I do with Netflix, and uh, I have A and E on Prime. Okay. So, like, all I do is listen to true crime, but like. Prime and Netflix have spoiled me with the no ads thing. So yeah. now even like the 30 second abs on Hulu ads, not abs, ads on Hulu, like 30 second abs, new workout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they bother me. I'm like, oh my God, 30 seconds is so long. <laughs> oh, I know though. Or like you'll get two of the 15 second ones, but they take like two minutes to like load and you're like, no, just, just go. Yes. Let me do the skippy skip. So four years after they found the Robeson family, uh, they reopened the Robeson case in their county of residence. And when Scalero learned that he could have been charged, he killed himself, typed a suicide note in which he confesses to previous thefts and swindles, but protested his innocence to the Robeson killings. So the case still remains open. Be like, so, okay, so you didn't kill him, but you stole from him. Right. Who's to say you didn't, like, you know, hire somebody else to kill him? 
Exactly. And I, I'm like, but like at the same time, like, I'm like, well, if he, if he says, if he admitted to all this other stuff, but swears he didn't do this, I would be more inclined to believe him. You know what I mean? Right. Cause he had nothing to lose at that point. He, in his mind, he knew he was going to kill himself. Yeah. So that that's going to make the investigators feel like shit though. Right. Cause it's like, we only had this one guy and now this one guy's like, nope, it wasn't me. And he kills himself. And you're like, well, <laughs> bye. <laughs> that sucks. Now what the fuck we're going to do? I just can't believe, I don't know how people just keep disappearing. Like with all this stuff. It's so crazy. Like, how do people get away with it so well? I don't know. Like, there's this one, um, the National Airlines Flight 2511. Yes. It was like a bombing, wasn't it? Yes. It blew up in midair on January 6, 1960. It killed five crew members and 29 pas- passengers. Um, the bomb was made out of dynamite. No one was ever arrested. No charges were ever filed. And they thought it was a suicide bombing. Like, I mean, I get that it was the 60s, but like nobody saw nothing. Really? Like, especially dynamite in an airport. (laughs) Like, even if, even outside on the tarmac, like you didn't notice somebody suspicious or weird. Right. Because you can't tell me your ass won't be shifty carrying enough dynamite to take down a plane. Yeah. There's no way you look normal. As you, well, you got to be walking funny for one, because how did he keep it stable enough Yeah, to get to into the plane? Boom, and randomly. it had to be a timer or something. Yeah. So, like, he had... I'm sorry. You can't convince me that there wasn't some shifty motherfucker walking down by the planes that looked out of place I guarantee somebody's like i don't get paid enough for this <laughs> right especially in the 60s they're like nah man no i <laughs> nope <laughs> nope you do you boo <laughs> do you have another one i do so i want to give you a little backstory on this lady just because i like talking about super smart women and so okay. i'm going to talk about her <laughs> <laughs> so her name is mary sherman she was actually born April 21st, 1913. She was an orthopedic surgeon and a cancer researcher in New Orleans. So she was born in Evanston, which is like an hour and a half away from where I, where I am. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And then she ended up going to school in France, like Paris, France, back in like 1934. And she got an, a bachelor's of arts at Northwestern. And then she got a master of arts at university of chicago and she taught um at the u of i french institute in paris and then she also got her medical degree in 1941 and i i'm gonna tell you right now because of all her art thing i sincerely like misread the name of this hospital five times it's (laughs) bob roberts but i sincerely thought it said bob ross hospital (laughs) i was like no that makes no sense I'm like, no, that makes no sense. <laughs> I didn't know letters. he painted happy trees and made a hospital. Right. Like, okay. <laughs> but she became an assistant professor of orthopedic surgery in 1947. And then um, she was a senior visiting surgeon in orthopedics at the charity hospital in New Orleans. But then on July 21st, 1964, she was just 
found dead in her apartment on St. Charles Avenue in New Orleans. There were stab wounds and burned from a fire. The police did classify it as a murder, thankfully. And when they did the autopsy, they're like, well, this was homicide. And I'm like, obviously, she was stabbed and burned. I don't think you just do that to yourself, but okay. Right. But... (laughs) Um, It did say that she died from a stab wound to the heart and most of the right side of her upper torso, including her right arm, had just been incinerated. Hmm. So, like, it was just gone. But they had to determine it was the murder? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't you stab yourself to put fire out, isn't it? Yeah, isn't like that the proper protocol? Like what? I Stop guess dropping the doesn't, doesn't work. You you stab it, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Murder's not funny. Oh my god. <laughs> no, it's not funny, but it's funny but... like how, how we get to these conclusions. I cannot. I know. I'm like, what do you mean? It took a coroner to decide that it was homicide. Like, I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know. See, all the ones that I have, they're pretty, like, it's obvious that they were murdered. Like, but, like, there's there's this one. I'm going to, you were talking about messing up the name. I have read this several times, and I really hope that I'm not going to fuck it up. I mean, hey, it happens. So, on September 2nd, 1999, a 55-gallon drum was found in the basement of a house in Nassau County, New York. And it turned out to contain the pregnant body of Reina Mariquin, a Salvadorian immigrant who was murdered 30 years earlier in 1969. So I imagine being the person that buys that house. Right. Like, oh, there's this weird 55 gallon oil drum hanging out in my bat in my basement. You gotta open first of all the fucking smell. Of a 30-year-old rotting body. Am I I the only one who just, like, really checks the house before I buy it? Like, there was a creepy doll in the top of a closet in this weird little extra space in one of the rooms. And I'm like, yeah, they need to make sure they take that before we buy this house. Yeah, well, and I mean... I'm wondering if it was just like they were inspecting it or whatever, but like the the it was either a purchaser or someone who was planning on purchasing the house found it. I'm just like, But... So the police suspected the former owner of the house, who also ran a dye company that used the drum, and that he had been having an affair with Reyna. So the day after the police interviewed him in Florida, they told him they would get a court order to produce the DNA sample, and he killed himself. Because that's not suspicious. And don't be suspicious. Don't be (laughs) right. And the (laughs) DNA tests later showed he had fathered the fetus. So while the police considered him to be their main suspect because he was dead, he can't be charged. So the case is open. That's irritating. Right. Speaking of, I get the whole like, you have the right to defend yourself. But I mean, when two plus two equals four, you should say that it's four. No, two plus two is fish. (laughs) Well, that's how I feel in this case. Like, they were like, yeah, he probably did it. I mean, we told him we were getting a DNA test and he killed himself the next day. But we can't say it was him. 
because he can't defend himself. Right. Even your baby thinks that's bullshit. Right. She's like, nah, nah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, here's another one. Like, speaking of irritating. So this was somebody, her name is Betsy. I'm going to not going to say this right but i'm pretty sure it's ardsma um she was a graduate student at penn state she was stabbed to death in the library at penn state on november 28th 1969 she was stabbed one time through the heart with a single-edged small knife and approximately about a minute later two guys told a desk clerk somebody better help that girl and then left the library what the fuck (laughs) They didn't, they didn't, they don't, they don't know who they were. And when she got to the hospital, like 35 minutes later, she was pronounced dead. And I guess because she was wearing a red dress and there was only a little bit of blood because whoever did it, did it really well. Nobody realized that she'd been stabbed. Jesus. Like, what the fuck? Just, hey, somebody better help that girl. (laughs) You don't think maybe you should keep them around? Right. Like, how did you come across the body? Like, why are you, why, you know, what were you doing? Great. Sir. You're just like, oh. (laughs) You're just like, hey, by the way, there's some chick laying down over there. Somebody should help her. Right. It's kind of like an Olaf moment. Oh, she's been impaled. Right. (laughs) No. Okay. So what's going on with 1969? Because I found one that's just as irritating in 1969. Oh, no. Like what, what? What happened that year? Like what the fuck? Were the sixties just like tearing it up? A lot, a lot of murders. That's what happened. Well, there was another another college student, Jane Britton. She was twenty three. She was a Harvard grad student, um, in archaeology, and she was found beaten to death and raped on January seventh, nineteen sixty nine, in her apartment. So, red okra powder was found sprinkled around her body um which along with like the killer's like lack of interest in her crap suggested the to the police that you know maybe this is someone who was familiar with her um and since the powder is used in an ancient iranian burial sites they thought that a possible second boston strangler or copycat was involved um now, no su- suspects were identified, of course, until 2018 with a DNA analysis that matched a Michael Sumpter, Sumpter, that's got to be it, who had an arrest record that included several rape convictions. And his DNA was also matched to, to some found um, other unsolved rapes and murders in the 70s. Now, mind you, he, they did this DNA analysis shit in 2018. But Sumter died in 2001. So this is another one of those. They were like, well, we had the guy. It's him because we have his DNA. But the case is still unsolved. That's irritating. <laughs> what I want to know is why it, why it took from 1969 until 2018 for DNA when his DNA had to be in the sim- in the system by at least 2001 because he was dead by then because we can't have nice things 
Because <laughs> we can't have nice things. <laughs> well, at least it's not us, because I've got one that's in England. I've got one that's in, like, Finland. All right, so you go first. Okay. Since everybody thinks Finland is perfect, you go first. <laughs> I found the one thing that ever happened there. No. <laughs> one thing <laughs> and it was in the in 1960 <laughs> so the it says on saturday june 4th 1960 four finnish teenagers had decided to camp along the shore of lake bodum um it's near the city of now do not do not make fun of me this is spelled e-s-p-o-o -O. so i i literally think it's s-poo I mean, that sounds right to me. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that's what it is. So two of them were um, two 15-year-old girls. I'm not even going to try to say the names because it's not going to happen. And their 18-year-old boyfriends. Sometime between 4 and 6 a.m. during the early morning hours of Sunday, June 5th, 1960, they were all stabbed and bludgeoned to death by an unknown assailant. Um one of the boys was the only known survivor and he had fracture, fractured facial bones that appeared to confirm his story of being a victim. He stated afterwards he had seen a glimpse of the attacker clothed in black with bright red eyes coming for them. Okay. At about 6am, a group of boys who were bird watching some distance away reportedly saw that a tent was collapsed and a blonde man walking away from the site. The bodies of the victims were discovered around 11 a.m. by a carpenter, and he alerted the, uh, the police who got there around noon. So it doesn't look like he had like even injured them from the inside the tent either. Well, I say he, but the killer had not injured the victims from inside the tent, but mm -hmm. it attacked them outside with a knife and an unidentified blunt in instrument that they think is possibly like a rock or something because they were out camping right. through the sides of the tent. The murder weapons have never er, have never been located, and it seems that they had taken several items, which detectives found kind of puzzling. It was um, keys to the victims' motorcycles, which had been left behind. Um, shoes of the dude who like survived um, had were like somewhere about 500 meters away from the murder site, hidden away, mm -hmm. and they unfortunately didn't quarantine off the site or anything or like really record the details of the scene um and pretty much immediately there was a crowd of police officers and other people to tramp trample around to disturb evidence so that really wasn't a good thing but and then it was further exacerbated by calling in soldiers to assist with a search around the lake for missing items several of which were never found of course so, not because we can't have no. nice things no but the guy who survived, his girlfriend was found undressed from the waist down, lying on top of the tent, and had suffered most of the injuries of all the victims. She was stabbed multiple times after her death. And while the other two teenagers were slain with less brutality, um, her boyfriend was also found lying on top of the tent. Um, and then they actually do have some suspects, even that's though- That's a sturdy ass tent. Like that's where my brain just went. Like right. I know, right? So there was one guy um, who lived like in the area who 
apparently was hostile towards campers, but there was no evidence. He just didn't like people camping there. I guess he would cut down tents, threw rocks at people who came to his street, which is hilarious to me. I don't know why. (laughs) Um, Some people say that they thought they saw him come back from the murder scene, but they didn't want to call the police about him. But they never got his DNA or anything. And they... And there's apparently a book that claims police almost immediately ignored much more evidence that was previously unknown to the public because of language barriers. Well, yeah, it was words like S-poo. I mean... I mean, I don't know. But um, that guy, his name is Valdemar, and I'm going to say Gilstrom. That's where they got Voldemort from, the Finnish. I can believe that. It says he did drown um, in the lake in 1969, most likely by suicide. But, you know, I don't know. Hmm. And then this is great. Next guy who was a uh, was a suspect, his name is Hans Asman. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I just found that interesting. Um, so he he only lived a couple kilometers from the shore. Um, and then there's been a lot of books that said their theory um, that he had committed the killings of these teenagers and other murders. But it wasn't taken seriously by police as he did have an alibi, but was said to have been like he said that he was in Germany during the time of another murder. But on the morning of June 6, 1960, he had shown up at a hospital in Helsinki with bloody clothes. But, now this is the one that makes the most sense to me. The boyfriend, you know, whose girlfriend took most of the beating and was also undressed. Right. Who, you know, supposedly saw somebody with red eyes coming at him. Uh, March 2004, almost 44 years after the event, who he was arrested. And then in early 2005, the Finnish National Bureau of Investigation declared the case was solved based on new forensic analysis. According to prosecution's interpretation of the blood stain, Gustafsson, I'm going to say that's probably how you say his name, I don't know, had been drunk and excluded from the tent when he attacked the other boy, getting his jaw broken in a fight, and then escalated to him committing three murders. Hmm. Trial started on August 4th of 2005, and the defense lawyer tried to say that the murders were the work of one or more outsiders and Gustafsson would have been incapable of killing three people given the extent of his injuries. It had also been known that his shoes wore- the shoes worn by the killer and hidden by him 500 yards away from the tent belonged to Gustafsson, who was found barefoot on top of the tent. Modern DNA analysis was significant for the prosecution as it showed that the three murdered victims' blood were on Gustafsson's shoes, but Gustafsson's was completely absent. Well, if he was wearing the shoes when he got hurt, he should have blood on them. Yep. Well, I guess it makes sense then that he probably did it. But, you ready for this? October 7, 2005, he was acquitted of all charges. 
The court explained the verdict due to the prosecution evidence being inconclusive, failure to show that Gustafsson had motive appropriate to a crime of such extreme seriousness, and certainty about facts now being impossible given the time that had elapsed. State of Finland paid him 44,900. I think this is the symbol for pounds. It's like an, it looks like an E with two lines in the middle. Yeah, I think that's what it is. For mental suffering caused by the long remand time, but he was refused permission to sue Finnish newspapers for defamation. I don't know if they got it wrong, though. (laughs) Right. I can't tell if they got it wrong, but I feel like it makes sense. Like, he d- it does seem like he would be the one to have like a motive if anything right if he got super drunk and then like you know thought the other dude was hitting on his girlfriend or something and i mean or he could have just felt like killing people i mean if right. there's I mean, anything that i have learned doing this podcast it's people are just like i, I don't know. like killing people today <laughs> right you just woke up looked at the looked at the you know signs and was like today's the day yep i don't like you i've never liked you i'm gonna kill you today right like what (laughs) (laughs) but like to me like it makes the most sense but you know what do i know oh yeah well i i feel you well this one the one that i found is in west london england in 1964 and 1965 and you will applaud the um use of creativity <laughs> that they named the killer so the hammersmith nude murders is a series of six murders that happened between 64 and 65 okay when it says nude do they mean that he was nude or he murdered people on a nude beach so the victims who were all ladies of the evening were found undressed in or near the River Thames. Okay, somebody's just being a Jack the Ripper knockoff. Uh, well, that's okay. So the press nicknamed the killer Jack the Stripper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, I'm like, really? It. Really? That's the best y'all could do. Really? I'm sorry. I'm going to hell if you're laughing at that. But. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I'm going right there with you because I laughed. Yeah, I was like, are you guys fucking sick? really so they also think that two other murders committed in east london or west london in 59 and 63 could have been done by the same person a stripper yes jack the stripper you know what I, you know what i see when i when i this is i'm going to why have- has that never been a kink, like the name of of a stripper in a kink club for halloween I don't know, but it needs to be because here's how I think of it, right? They thought he was a doctor, right? And they uh, there were eyewitness testimonies that he wore the tall hat and cape of like the rich people in that time. Yeah. So why doesn't somebody this when they see Jack the Stripper, I think of somebody with the tall hat and the cape and then like booby tassels. Like (laughs) I'm like, why, why? I'm not but, mad about it though. <laughs> well, and here, like it says intense media interest and in one of the biggest manhunts in Scotland Yard's history, the case is still unsolved. <laughs> so I'm like, with a name like that, it's because nobody could take this shit serious, my guy. 
not even just that, but come on. I don't want I don't want to be known as Jack the Stripper. Right. If I'm gonna be a serial killer, you respect that I just murdered people. Right. Give me a good name. Although it came out way weirder than I meant it to. <laughs> although some of the names have been reused, like Night Stalker. Mm. That was reused more than uh wasn't it Richard Ramirez, most recent one? I think but, so, like yeah. he wasn't the only one. <laughs> Right. Like, come on now. Like now y'all now you're getting lazy. Y'all ain't even not even gonna lie. Like I, I was in journalism classes. Like they make you think up some crazy things. You could like you could do it, my guy. Right. So they think that the evidence that was gathered at the time was destroyed or lost or whatever, right? But like I just it still blows my mind that they couldn't catch the person because it was like if nothing else, him coming into the police station going, fuck you guys, I'm not a stripper. Right. Like, you can't tell me <laughs> that somebody wasn't ticked off. <laughs> well, you know what? That's probably why they stopped. That's fair. Because they said, fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck you guys. I'm done. Or they just right, started so hiding it I figured out. I figured out how we stop all serial killers. We give them all really, really jacked up nicknames. They <laughs> <laughs> <I> got it. <laughs> We don't we need figured the it out right here, it. right now instead on of, this podcast. We have figured it out. What, what should we call murderers instead? Like, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> Let's call them really fucked up, whacked out names. It just kind of makes me think of like, like, don't get me wrong. I don't really like Family Guy that much anymore. It's kind of gotten in. But there was one where they were talking about herpes and... He's like, isn't it mainly like the stigma just around it being called herpes? Like, what if it was called Bapo? Like, I'd be cool to get some Bapo. Like, yes, let's be excited to get an STD because it's called Bapo. Good. Very good, Brian. Very good. <laughs> well, and like the worst part about it now is that people think it's so common. I mean, I'm, this is this is why we're squirrel friends. So people are like, oh, herpes is no big deal. The fuck it's not. Your it's mouth like herpes could give me genital warts. Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and that ain't cute. That ain't a little red spot on the top of your lip every once in a while because you have a flare up. That is no. Keep yeah. your mouth herpes to yourself. <laughs> right. If you're having a flare up, don't touch me. <laughs> don't touch me. Don't look at me. Don't even think about it. <laughs> like if I have to gain 50 pounds because I thought about a piece of cake. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. I just I... <sighs> Jack the Stripper. Like that one is like I can't. I don't I don't understand. It's just one of those you're like but why? <laughs> right. Like of all the names. Like don't get me wrong. Like I understand he undressed them, but like so did Jack the Ripper. Like right. I I'm not well, Jack the Ripper didn't undress them. He just cut up their clothes yeah like which to be fair rip wasn't even the correct term because he didn't rip them off he cut them up right see she got her agrees she's like yeah why are we calling the wrong things <laughs> so I, I just i i get that the, what they were trying to do i get that they were trying to be like oh he's the new jack the ripper but like come up with something better like what about rip 2.0 or something like dang. right or even modern day like just modern day jack the right. river why 
That's horrible. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, it is so important to pay attention to placement of certain letters. Watch that have been like a typo too. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I just want to know what London's problem is with women of the evening. That's what I want to know. Well, all the way back with Henry VIII, everybody used to try to call Anne Boleyn like, you know, a harlot and all sorts of stuff because she took him from the from the Catholic Church. Right. So everybody's got mommy issues from then on out. But let me tell you something. That girl was a bamf. Yes. But it didn't happen in, like it did in the other bullying girl because he definitely because oh, he definitely shook off her fanny before they got married. Oh, yeah forcibly (laughs) yeah but she's still like she changed everything in england forever which wasn't necessarily a bad thing no no it definitely wasn't because if she hadn't done that we never would have had the first queen elizabeth nope who reigned for like 50 years peacefully unmarried but who was she actually fucking? <laughs> oh, I'm sure she was. I, <laughs> That's what I always love. Nobody can, no, no one can ever convince me that woman didn't get shagged off repeatedly. I just think that she was the best about keeping it covered. It just wasn't with a horse. Right. You know what she should have done? She should have taught some of these American leaders to hide their shit better. Like, is it that hard? <laughs> If I can hide myself being a bisexual from my family because they're too stupid to realize I had a girlfriend for four years, we can figure it out. I, you know, but you, you know, I think you're right though. I think Anne Boleyn is the reason why we had Jack the Ripper and Jack the Stripper. <laughs> no, just Jack the Stripper. <laughs> I just can't believe. Damn that. you, Anne Boleyn, and your fucking. <laughs> wily stripper ways i'm telling you anybody that listens if you guys do not if one of y'all because i know the all some have like only fans and shit i know some of y'all do one of y'all needs to do a jack the stripper for Halloween. Stri- okay <laughs> i don't care oh my god i don't you know no, what? you know who needs to do it you know who needs to do it who you know the guy um bar none the gfc club Jake, yeah. Yes, Jake needs to do it. (laughs) And you know what? My husband is friends with uh, Steve, Tainted Lyric. Okay. So I'm going to text him and be like, listen, I don't need you to listen to the podcast, but here's what I need you to do. (laughs) I need you to get a message to Jake. (laughs) And tell him. And tell him he needs to be Jack the Stripper. And don't give him any context, just... You know what, though? That would not be the weirdest message I've sent my husband today. I feel like, though, the thing is, like, that would not even be the weirdest request Jake has gotten. Oh, I'm sure. He'd be like, no, that's pretty tame compared to, you know, (laughs) some of the weird shit. Of course, my husband will be like, oh, the reason why you want that is because of that shadow video he did. No, I'm good. I don't know if you saw that one before. It was like perma banned. It was why it was why his first account ended up being banned. 
But 14-year-olds can shake their ass and bring out their itty-bitty titty committee. Well, you know what he got? He got banned off of a stitched video. It was some woman with her beef curtains. <laughs> like, the shadow. So he decided to do the same thing. And he got in big trouble for it. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> Hold up. Like, I'm all about, like, women's equality and shit. So she should have got banned, too. But who cares? Right. I mean, like, well, I've had friends recently who've been doing like experiments about like making other accounts on TikTok and not saying anything and like just seeing what TikTok will show them. And there's like, I, like one of my friends was like, I immediately had to delete it because it was like 14 year old porn. He was like, it was nothing but like little girls shaking their ass. And I'm like, oh, I am so glad. I don't see any of that. I mean, I see some weird shit, but I don't see that. But my weird shit is at least adult is adults. Right. Well, like, you know, the one where we all shit in the shower. I cannot. Right. But that's what I see that I'm like, ugh. but like if I saw a 14 year old girl shaking her butt, I'd be pretty pissed off. I'd be like, where are your parents? <laughs> right. I mean, like, I just. I feel like that's a whole nother topic too is like where where are your parents because i would but know, then it's all. then it's our fault you know those of us who are over the age of 18 it's our fault when those kids see like bloody cosplay and stuff well then their parents should monitor their social media better so if family link wants to sponsor me <laughs> oh no, I'm saying they should, because that's like how I, I talk about Family Link all the time. Like, my kids hate it. Hate it. H-A-T-E, capital letters, hate Family Link. It is an app that is on both my kids' phones. And I can monitor where they are, what they're doing, what, they, what apps they are allowed to use, what apps they aren't allowed to use. I can set the timer for how long they can be on their phones each day. I set the timer for when it shuts off and when it shuts back on, I can shut it off remotely. Like off, off, or like just doesn't, it doesn't work. Okay. So like they could still use it for emergencies, but they wouldn't be able to use it for shit else. Hmm. I love that thing. My kids hate it, but I'm like, ah, well I pay for the phone. So I didn't notice that, but like, let's be real. We were kids once. We, oh, we know yeah. what we did. Oh, and I we know. Had, like, you know, we didn't even have all the cool stuff that you can do now on phones. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, there are other ways to be a perverted individual without having to go online. <laughs> right. So, I don't know. I just, if I'm, I want to shelter them as much as possible from stuff like that. Like, it's why I won't let my kids on Minecraft anymore. I've heard that it's pretty bad. Yeah. My daughter was not happy about it. She was very, very upset. Um, but she also didn't understand. Right. Because she's like, what? I'm not using it for that. It's like, I know you're not. Right. I'm like, I know you're not. But there was like, because like, you know, like you can, I, I could see conversations between her and other players. And like, there was this one player that I was not getting the impression that it was a nine or 10 year old kid. Like they were saying. Hmm. And so I was like, yeah, I'm just going to shut this shit down. 
that's a hard pass. Yeah, exactly. So we went from talking about unsolved murders to Jack the Stripper to internet safety all in one episode. I feel like that's a new record. <laughs> Squirrel! <laughs> uh, so tell tell the tell the people where they can find you on social media. Um, TikTok is Anna of the Undead, and then my Instagram, YouTube, and I do have a thing on my uh, like a, a shop page on Facebook is all Crafts, Confections, and Creativity by Kate. And then, or my regular Facebook, because I, I only have one Facebook, because two Facebooks too complicated. Oh, yeah, I agree. I've tried to make <laughs> pages before on Facebook, and I've closed them both down. Yeah, it's not worth it. <laughs> no, like, I'm so over Facebook, you don't even know. Like, I only use it for, like, my family and, my and like, my friends that I've known since, like, middle school. Yep. And that's it. So for me, it's Witchy Pity Mom um, on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, which I barely ever use, um, and then linktr.ee slash Witchy Pity Mom. That's got all my stuff, including my merch. Uh, and then it also has the link to the Hot Mess Witchy Express uh, Instagram page which has actually been getting some more followers. So that's nice. Good. It's not as much as I would like it to be, but we're getting there. Hey, you'll um, get there. And so that's it for today. And we will come back on Friday. And I have no idea what the fuck we're going to be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but that's half the fun of this podcast is I never know until you guys do what the fuck I'm going to be talking about. So there's that. She literally makes it up like two seconds before we start. It's fine. It, yeah. And I really, you know what? It's funny. I know I meant to add the episode, but I'm going to say this one thing and then I'm done. So my mom, I went, when I was with her this weekend, they were like, so what are your plans this weekend? What do you want to do? Where, where do you want to go? Who do you want to see? Blah, 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 blah. And I just like blankly looked at my mom. This is my grandparents, right? They were like asking me all these questions. And I just looked at my mom like very blankly. And she looked back at them and she goes, you understand that she didn't know where we were going to meet until a day before we all left. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she makes all her plans <laughs> off the, sh off the cuff. Like she has no idea what she's doing. I'm like, yeah, but it's more interesting to live that way. So I was like, people keep telling me I look young. That's why. Cause I'm immature as shit. And I make absolutely no plans to stress about. It's fair. <laughs> All right, so as always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good rest of your evening, and we will see you later. Bye. Bye.